This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. I want to get started today with an introduction of our host. So Beth, why don't you start us off? I'm Beth Allison from Camp Hacker, and I'm talking to you today from balmy Woodstock, Ontario, where we finally have rain and not snow, uh, and hopefully all the ugly snow is on its way out. I am uh, a camp consultant who spent 15 years as a camp director and executive director in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Boro. Uh, Camp Boro is an all-girls camp with a bilingual program, and uh, the camp is situated in the Laurentians in the Quebec Mountains, and I'm speaking to you from toasty Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. We are an environmentally-based summer camp located uh, in western North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We have 3,400 acres of private wildlife preserve that we take our campers out hiking on every day with professional naturalists. And it is also rainy here as well, (laughs) our weather report. Uh, (laughs) Looking good. (laughs) So um, this morning, we're going to be talking about a topic that we've seen a fair amount of discussion on the Camp Pro's Facebook page, and that is the question of having return staff facilitating your training. And Beth, why don't you share with us why we want to talk about this topic? Sure. We chose this topic because if we are running successful camps, we have a large number of staff that are returning year after year after year. So instead of becoming a problem where our returning staff are bored or disengaged or quite possibly disruptive, we want to challenge them and help them grow to the next level. But we also want to be able to take advantage of the skills and experience that they bring to the table and use them to help teach the next generation of staff. So today we'll be talking about facilitating returning staff to teach and also other avenues we can explore to make training a useful and really positive experience for staff who've done this all before, or so they think. (laughs) Fantastic. So let's get started first with that that last point that you made. Um, How do you keep orientation engaging for your repeat leaders, for those staff that have come back, whether it's the second year or the 15th year? (laughs) How do you make it so that they continue to feel like it's worth their time? Do you want me to go first? Sure. (laughs) Um, I think it's really important to figure out ways that return staff can take whatever it is you need to teach that year and take it to the next level. So obviously there are certain things we want to do refreshers on. There are certain things that are absolute requirements that must be done and talked about and uh, taught every year. But uh, we used to break them up into groups. So when we had to do hard skill training, we would have first year staff in one particular group, you know, second, third year staff in another group and more senior staff in a third group so that you could teach the basics to the first year. Uh, for example, if you're teaching climbing wall, um, 
And, you know, perhaps the second years got to learn rescues or additional skills that they could do. And perhaps the third group, because they were older and more experienced, could really have a a focus on group facilitation and debriefing techniques, those kinds of things. So we would often um, break the staff into groups and and make sure that we were giving the returning staff more information and new skills than um, what they'd had before. Um, The other thing we would often do is offer a number of different sessions during a specific time slot and allow returning staff to choose um, where they needed to go, where they felt that they needed to go. So that was always a really helpful thing. And of course, for me, front load, front load, front load, (laughs) Um, your expectations with returning staff. So how things will be different this year, um, what you need from them. Uh, you know, maybe meet them ahead of time in the city or meet at the start of camp before your camp begins for everybody. Uh, I used to send them an actual letter in a card um, because I always figured, uh, especially in this day and age, they'd pay a bit more attention to that because you don't get those very often um, instead of just sort of reading an email and not um, really going through it in depth. Um, But certainly um, front-loading with them would be a big thing for me. Cool. Gab, what do you do? Um, I, I just want, I wanted to comment a little bit on the, the front-loading part. I think that, that returning staff members have a very strong love of your organization. Uh, and I say your organization, but they feel like it's their organization, <laughs> right. which, is what it, which is what you want to harness. And uh, so the fact that they, 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 they love the place... Um, they want to contribute to it um, is is a very very powerful tool, um, but it can it can tip into something of entitlement and frustration because they feel they already know this information and they mm-hmm. just want to get going. They want to do the work. Um, you know, they want the kids to arrive. They they want to be able to show what they can do. And so going through staff training can seem redundant to them, and that builds on their frustration. So I think I think front loading, telling them your expectations is a really, really, really important part. And it's not about uh, telling them um, I, I need you to participate because you're a good role model. Um, they know that they know when they're not being a good role <laughs> model, but being specific about what can they do so that uh, they are helping um, the other staff and uh, mm-hmm. having you know selection of different uh, sessions. Those are very you know, very important as well. But having things such as um, really describing um, their tasks. So, you know, when they're divided into groups, um, how to give them tools on how to facilitate a conversation. Um, so ask, show them that there are overtalkers. What do you do with an overtalker? <laughs> what do you do with a, an under-participator? Um, what, now, you know the answers. How do you get the other staff members to mm-hmm. get those answers without sounding condescending? And actually teach them how to facilitate those type of things and, and create a session out of it is going to be uh, very, very powerful. And, and, and be very you know, frank and blunt about... Uh, I'm not expecting you to learn new information here. I'm expecting your your role is to help facilitate other people to learn this information. This is how this organization is awesome. Um, this is how we make this place amazing that we have teachers within the group. Um, you know that kind of stuff. And and then also we try to give them um, what we would call um, spares, so they can. There's uh, there's different sessions that. Um, that we categorize as red, yellow, and green. Red, everybody has to go to. 
yellow certain people do have to go to and green is is a little bit more of a free you know mostly first years uh have to go to but the spares are, are reserved for staff members to do other work mm -hmm. and they just have to let us know what work they will be doing um and and it gives them it gets them to get a little bit of that energy out when and it's good energy but um and of course they have to present it to you afterwards what they've worked on <laughs> right <laughs> uh i always walk by and see what's happening but they are excited they want to show you they're like oh, this is what i did um but just being very specific and actually giving them tools yeah. is uh, really important yeah those are both really fantastic and i couldn't agree more with what each of you said um one of the things that i've experienced going through training is i think it's important to have some lessons or you know topics that you have to cover um, having a plan for presenting those differently each year yes uh, so you have to do ages and stages right so this year we may do that as collaborative skits the next year it might be kind of a rotation where they see scenarios mm -hmm. um, but having a lesson plan for that same topic and maybe having three or four different ways to, that they see it and then kind of rotating through those year after year um, I think it's also really helpful to have some things that are constant year to year uh, because, I mean, the YMCA camp I was, we always did the activity of you get a big piece of butcher paper and you need to draw the ideal counselor. We did it every year. And um, what I liked about it is, yeah, it's kind of that, oh, it's this activity again. But as a staff member who got to see it as a first-year staff member, I saw other people take leadership roles in that. So I knew what leadership kind of looked like when you were facilitating that activity. So the next year, I'd already seen it, um, and I knew some of the language to use or the questions to ask or the things to say that that person had said to me that made me feel more included or more inclined to engage or more inclined to disengage. Uh, but it also allows you to have the same set of instructions. Maybe this year we're going to find a way to make it be more creative uh, because I want to show that I'm creative and I'm not just, you know, kind of blah, we do whatever we have to do to get by. Um, so maybe this year when we present it, we cut out a neck hole and have it, you know, held up in front of a staff member so they have expressions on their face and we can do that. Um, or maybe we dress somebody up instead of using the butcher paper. You know, I think that seeing some repeat activities can be really beneficial. Um, so don't feel like you have to get rid of everything and do it totally different the next year. It's okay for them to, there to be some old standbys. Great. Uh, do you, either of you all have any other thoughts on that question? I was just going to say it's important to Gab already touched on it a little bit, but I would be checking in with returning staff daily uh, just to see how they're doing and to really truly listen to their feedback um, and get their feedback now. So before camp even starts, what do they need out of this year's training so that you can help facilitate those goals for them as well. Um, and I think you know, just make the whole thing look a little bit different every year um, for everybody's sake, including your own, you know, uh, different. I mean, that's why a lot of camps have themes and, you know, those kinds of things just to change it up from year to year um, because kids are always growing and changing. So you don't ever want camp to be a place that never grows. Cool. Do you have any other thoughts on that? No, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, setting expectations, um, clear goals and, you know, uh, changing things up, I think, is is very important, and and perhaps bringing in somebody else to speak, you yeah. know, as guest speakers, and that's uh, we always we try to do that as much as possible, and um, it really makes a difference, especially if they echo what you say. So right, <laughs> so true. So true. So, yeah. 
staff don't know that you might have planned that. But <laughs> <laughs> having a little echo, it's, it's very helpful. <laughs> cool. Uh, so our next question is, when you are about to put that role in the return staff's hand of facilitating training, how do you set them up for success? And as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about one particular year at camp that I was on the seasonal leadership team. And we were handed a schedule and said, you know, okay, this is what's happening for training. You guys plan it. And <laughs> we did not get very far. <laughs> it was not very successful um, because we just, we didn't feel that we had the skills to do it. We didn't feel that we had the confidence. Um, and it was a little bit like, well, what do you want us to do? Like, how are we supposed to teach policies and procedures? How are we supposed to teach the camp tour? And uh, we were very unsure. So uh, Beth, how do you feel like you can set your staff up for success when they have this task? I think one of the things to remember is that um, young adults today are not looking to be empowered. What they're hoping is um, well, they want the tools to empower themselves, so we need to be able to give them to them. And I think that's what Ruby was, was getting at. So I think it's really important to define your own goals as a director and be incredibly specific with those staff members as to what you want to get out of that particular training session, what you hope the rest of the staff will learn, um, and create ways in which returning staff can facilitate training. So decide what these are. Um, uh, there are some topics they shouldn't be teaching. So decide what the ones are that they would be uh, really great at and be careful with your choices. And then I think it's important to coach staff, give them a session at least to help them with their presentations. So decide who's going to be asked um, to lead. It's never a great idea to say, okay, who would like to lead this session this year? Um, But to decide who you'd like to have do that, go over those expectations with them, give them an outline. And we discussed that um, in the teaching them to teach a podcast um, so that you're pre-briefing and debriefing with them as well um, and really coaching them. And one of the things I felt helpful was to ask them to envision the session that they were teaching. What is it that they wanted to see from the participants? What if they stood and looked at the room? What did they want to see? Um, what did they want to feel from that uh, experience? What did they want to hear uh, coming back from the staff? All those things, because I think that really helps them um, to prepare the session in a way that would be useful and meaningful to the people that they'd be teaching. Great. How about you, Gab? What do you do to set them up for success? I love the, what you want to see here? Oh, I love that. I'm going to incorporate that this year. (laughs) Um, um, I think uh, I just want to go back a little bit. Uh, When I started asking staff members that were returning staff members that weren't on the leadership team, so we didn't have all of that time together Mm -hmm. um, where we have in our leadership team training, um, I might have had some returning staff members come, you know, maybe, you know, a day before everybody else came to do a little talk, but not have that training time. I wanted to give them the opportunity to give some sessions, and it was a total flop. Um, (laughs) uh, They did very poor sessions, and um, they didn't feel good. The staff didn't feel good. Uh, It was a big learning lesson for me. I, I want them to be engaged, and I want them to not find staff training boring. And so what it did was it, it, it stopped me from from asking returning staff members to do it again. And I sort of found myself in you know sort of you know in, in, in an uncomfortable position where uh, I didn't know how to train them. And I think that that um, 
you do need to teach your staff members and it does take time and you need to carve out that time for staff members to give proper sessions because nobody wins um, if they're if they don't do a good job and, and right. as you said Ruby you know you, you, you sat down and you didn't get very far because you didn't know what was expected of you and we go back on mm -hmm. expectations a lot um, but then also how do you teach um, people those those skills and I so one of the things that we've done is is pair a returning staff member with a leadership mm -hmm. team member um, and there's a very there's a clear structure on how most of our sessions are, are run and we have a couple of guidelines which we've spoken about but one of the things that I asked them to look at is um, why would a staff want to know this um, what will they be able to do after the session and and how are we going to make sure it stays in their brain sticks in their brain basically and it, every time you're you're speaking to a staff member this is for them to help them in their job and so so uh, when they present it to me, I, you know, basically I say, why do I care about this? Like, why do I care? And they have to just sort of show me how, why I would care. Um, and so in, in that sense, I pair, pair them with a leadership team member, um, give them the structure, and then, you know, those three points are, are their sort of guidelines. But my new guidelines will be like what you want them to see in here as well. <laughs> That's going to be 2014. And feel. Don't forget the feel yeah, part. Feel. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Big into that as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, I would say something as kind of an intermediate step. I think you guys are both talking about, you know, here, we need to do a presentation on homesickness. Um, you and you, you're going to be responsible for doing this session. Uh, I think it's totally okay to do kind of an intermediate step where I always do this with cabin life. I take out return staff and we set up a panel. Mm. And um, so I've given them the structure but they're providing the content. And I may give them a heads up ahead of time of here's some questions that I'm going to plant in the audience or that I'm going to ask you. Uh, but it gives them an opportunity to really step up and share without necessarily feeling that, you know, that pressure of I am solely in charge of running this session. Um, and so it's nice because then the staff get to hear from some different viewpoints. They get to hear from some people who, let's be real, they have far more experience in the cabin lately than I do. Um, so they're really the experts and should be sharing on that information. Um, if it's not a panel, maybe it's a specific role play. I do that a lot with my staff where I'll have them play out scenarios. Um, and again, when you can say to them, this is this very specific message I want you to convey or role I want you to play, I think that's a little an easier step than here, plan this whole curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I like to start is just really giving them the structure and letting them step up and show me that leadership there. Uh, but then also being open to this past year, I had two different staff members who said, I'd really like to present something at staff training. I did this one time. I did this module or I learned this leadership um, framework that I think is really cool and I'd love to present it. And, you know, I asked them some more about it and then said, all right, here's an hour. Go for it. You know, um, and those were some of the topics that our staff talked about the rest of the summer. Um, so they can do an incredible job, but getting them to take that ownership of it is a really key piece. Absolutely. I love that. And I was thinking the same thing is that, um, we used to figure out other skills that our staff had that may not necessarily have come out in an interview or, uh, you know, in the years that you've known them, but figure out what other skills they have outside of camp. What, uh, what are they involved in at university or college? Um, you know, maybe some of them lead diversity workshops at school, for example, and, and, 
make use of that. And if you don't know, for this year, post those lists during staff training and and get people to fill in what it is they do, what other skills they have or passions that they have. And you may not be able to use that until next year, or you may be able to use uh, some of it this year as well. The other thing for me is that Uh, especially for me at my age, staff members have a lot better skills in tech than I do. Um, So let them get really creative with that and use those skills to engage younger staff members. Um, I think that's really key. Cool. Dab, other thoughts? No, rock and roll. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What's next? <laughs> I'll, I'll throw in one last thing. One of the things that right. we ended up doing at the YMCA camp where I was, was we essentially ended up with a, an instructor's manual um, that mm. we would give to our cabin leaders. So uh, one of the ways that return staff would help facilitate training is we would have specific things that they were supposed to maybe cover at night or uh, during transition times. And so we spelled that out in a notebook, you know, day one, evening one, talk about this. And these are the points you need to hit. And so if you think about other classes that you take, often there is an instructor's manual. Um, So that may make sense for you to do, not necessarily, but I think that's one option, another way to really convey those clear expectations. Uh, so moving forward, let's talk about how do we make sure that the staff are conveying the right message? Uh, because we may have set up very, very clear expectations, but when it comes to them presenting that session or presenting that activity, they don't necessarily say the things we want them to say or the, the information they communicate is not necessarily what we want communicated. <laughs> um, so Beth, what do you do to ensure that the staff are conveying the right message? So in addition to sort of giving them that outline and going over that, uh, the plan with them, um, I would have them also go over the lesson with me ahead of time. Uh, and as Gab said, that takes a lot of time and you have to build it in. So for me, one of the biggest things was that I was always ready for leadership training before leadership training started. So I had to have all the sessions that I was doing ready to go. I had to have all my handouts ready. Like everything had to be ready. And that was tough, uh, especially since we were running outdoor ed prior to that. But I had to have it done so that I could be present um, for them to help with the coaching and doing all that ahead of time, but also be present in the sessions. So be there to support them, uh, be there to give them feedback later in a, in a debrief, um, but give my full attention to whatever was happening or being taught by the staff. Um, I also found it was this nice little bonus time of being able to sit quietly at the back of a room and watch how the other staff were doing um, and interacting and participating and kind of just getting a general feel for how are my staff doing? Are, are they really tired? Do they need some more sleep? Are they cranky? Are they you know energized? That kind of stuff. Um, I think it's also important to be sure that only specific topics um, get handed out. So one year I made the big mistake of uh, allowing two staff members to do the how to get fired session. And uh, I had done a number of years in a row and I thought that um, that they were ready. And it just, it it was incredibly entertaining. (laughs) Um, But I don't think that they really got the full message through. It became a bit more of uh, of a joke than I had wanted it to be. So I ha- I wound up having to step in. So um, after that, we didn't have other people do that particular session. Um, and I think for me also that um, 
we really talk with the staff about making sure that this is a professional session, that they really think about being professional, but more importantly, that they think about being a human being. So um, I don't want them to be so nervous that they uh, worry about making mistakes, that they're not going to get the information across to let them know it's okay um, not to be perfect or not to have everything go exactly right with your um, projector or all those kinds of things. Um, And for me, if there was something that I couldn't step in right at the moment to correct, um, very gently, um, was to do some, let me make this perfectly clears at the end of the day, um, and sort of go over some of the things that we wanted to make sure were the key points that got pulled out of each session. Great. How about you, Gab? Um, that was a very, uh, com- that's a very complete list. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's very, it's very good. Uh, I think, um, I don't think there's any, uh, per, you know, great formula in, in this sense, except for allowing them to practice, uh, making sure that you're part of, um, you know, not their entire presentation, but that you've over, you've overseen it. Um, that's a whole part of, of teaching somebody how to give information. When they're putting it together and you give them feedback, they're gonna they get better and better uh, in in giving sessions. The same as some of the steps that um, that Ruby was talking about. Um, you know, when being on a panel, you know, you still you, you're still coaching them, and so the coaching aspect is is very huge, and it does need to happen before. Um, you, you can't just let just give people a piece of paper, say go to use your best mm-hmm. ju- judgment. That is where where we'll fall, uh, fall flat. And the thing is, is that um, you this will pay off in the long run. You want them to become leadership team members. They'll, they'll learn how to do it. So the, the first couple of times they do it, they'll need a lot of your attention. And being there is, is also very important. But uh, the more you can spend in the coaching process, the less you'll have to intervene afterwards. Or exactly. uh, you, you, you'll have to, but you know, not as much, but I, I just think coaching is really, really important in, in this aspect and really hearing what they're saying will be, will be a, a helpful uh, thing to, to help them out. And I think too, with, with coaching, one of the biggest struggles is sometimes not intervening, but I think it's so critical to have identified this is the objective and are they accomplishing the objective? And if, as long as they're accomplishing the objective, in general, like let them do it and let it be okay. Even if it's not the way you would do it, even if mm-hmm. it's not as effective as you would do it. Um, and, and I had a, an intern last year who, um, it was kind of her first go at, at leading stuff with the full staff. And, and we knew coming into her being at camp that that was not a strength of hers. I mean, it was something she told me was not a strength of hers. And we had an incredible conversation. I was kind of dreading it, like, oh, this wasn't that great. And, you know, we did some <laughs> stuff, but this could have gone a lot better. And it got dark and we couldn't see and, you know, went on way longer. <laughs> All of these things. And I sat down with her, and the first question was, so how do you think it went? And she immediately said all of those things, you know, oh, well, they didn't seem engaged, and it got dark, and the timing didn't work out. And so it was great to see her have that perception, but it also meant it was coming from her. It wasn't me saying, rah, 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 you know, it was she was identifying it. Um, so I think that that's it's so hard to do sometimes to just let it happen and then afterwards kind of stop and go, okay, let's talk about how that went and tell me how you feel, and we can, can go from there. Um, I think another really key point is to make sure when you want, if you want the right message to be conveyed, you really got to practice what you preach. Mm. Um, and and the, the example that comes to mind, um, a nearby camp, Camp High Rocks, which is a camp for boys, 
uh, one of the directors said that he really likes to, you know, set up a time that the directors, it comes from the directors, you know, there's no alcohol in camp, this is the policy, et cetera, et cetera. But he also likes to set up a time for the return staff members to convey that information to the staff as well and kind of provide that backup. I think that's a really key thing in your culture, uh, whatever your alcohol policy is, that not only they hear it from the director, but they also hear it from return staff because I, as the director, have to say certain things, Mm -hmm. um, and everybody knows that. But when it comes from the return staff, they're the ones who actually validate, no, really, we don't drink on camp. It's not (laughs) something that we do. And so you have to be sure that whatever it is that you want the staff to say is true because they're going to probably tell the truth. And so if whatever your policy is, if that's not actually what's happening, they're probably going to say what's actually happening, not necessarily what the policy is. Uh, So I think that that's a a key thing to remember uh, when you're talking about, you know, making sure they're sharing the right message is that, that the right message is actually in play. Um, and if it's if there's big changes that you're wanting to enact, it's probably best coming from you first uh, and then having your return staff show their support. Um, but if they haven't seen it, they can't necessarily talk about it as effectively. Brilliant. Beth, did you have any other thoughts on that? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Cool. Gab, any other thoughts? Um, yeah, just one last thing. I think it's also, it's, you know... I, I think sometimes when we put ourselves in the position of a of an instructor and then and and the participants or a leader and and uh, you know participants, uh, I think sometimes we we forget that we uh, that we can build um, a relationship and sort of decrease the tension by just telling the participants um, in a in a casual way. You know, during our training, there's going to be uh, your peers are also going to be training. They're going to learn how to be giving mm-hmm. sessions. And what will be helpful is your participation, participation as well as uh, your understanding that some of it's not going to be completely perfect. This is how it works at camp. Uh, people try, they make mistakes, and that's how we learn from it. Um, but encouragement is really, really helpful in the process of growth. And so I think letting, letting your staff members know that they're going to see their peers in front of them and that they're trying and that they're fumbling a little bit is, is totally acceptable. Now, if you're not getting the information you need, that's another story. But, but sometimes what it does is it decreases the stress level of the presenter and it, it encourages the sort of sympathy level uh, of, the, of the participants and, and understand that start planting the seeds that uh, in our 17 and 18 year olds, you know, in a couple of years, this is going to be you, you're mm-hmm. going, you're going to have the opportunity to do this. Um, and so, uh, I think just sort of bridging that gap a little bit, uh, helps, um, both parties. Mm, front load, front load, front load. <laughs> Always. <laughs> awesome. Big fans of that. <laughs> Fantastic. So what about we front loaded, we've done everything we can, we set them loose, they're, they're doing the work. <laughs> what are some things to watch out for in this process, um, beginning to end, when um, you've given them the task, when they're actually presenting after it's over, what are some, some kind of things to keep an eye out for? Beth, why don't you start us off? You need to make sure that you give them plenty of notice if you're going to ask them to do a session and enough time to prep it. And I do know there were years that if we were so busy at outdoor ed and we'd kind of talk about sessions before outdoor ed, but then, you know, you'd have a week left before leadership training started and there was very little turnaround time. And then, you know, you just didn't give them enough time uh, to get all of that done and still do their jobs properly and actually go to bed and sleep. So 
if you can tell them now uh, or, you know, in the next couple of weeks for those camps who are starting in May, please make sure you've tell them now but if you're not starting till June uh, lots of people like to have a lot of notice to be able to do that even if they don't get to work on it yet it just allows them time to think about it and there are many people uh, at our summer camps who are gold personalities and true colors who don't like things sprung on them at the last minute and that kind of added stress doesn't help them um, to really do well I think another thing to watch out for, and we were talking about this just before we press the record button, is to make sure that people who are leading sessions are in the mindset of mentoring and understanding their leadership role, that they're they're servant leaders. They are there to serve the other staff and to help them uh, grow. Uh, And it's that fine line you need to walk between getting them there and um, sort of being careful that they're not power tripping in any way. Um, You don't really want to have that, um, but you just want to sort of watch out for it. I think with returning staff too, you also want to make sure um, you want to watch out for uh, how well they're listening in sessions, um, making sure that they are understanding that there's quite likely new information this year. Even though we've done this year after year after year, we may have new regulations or a new way of doing things or something happened last year with a particular camper and it taught us this. Um, and sometimes it's been nine months, so they just need a refresher. Um, and I think also to watch out for um, staff, returning staff giving all the answers without allowing others a chance to think it through for themselves. So using Michael Brandwine's Wibbit or Write It Before You Talk uh, was always something I incorporated into my staff training because it allowed staff time to write it down, to think it through. So even if they weren't the ones who were, put their hand up and shared the answer, I know that they'd already had time to think about it before we began to share the answers. Um, and I also think that it's a nice way for those who are a bit nervous about sharing um, to feel more confident because they've already sort of thought through the process, written it down, and then they can share. So that's where I'd start anyway. Cool. Gab, what do you watch out for? Um, I, it's an individual case. I, I like saying, um, I like starting conversations with, I, I really want you to do the home lonely session. I think you'll do a good job here. This is what I'm concerned about. However, Mm. and I tell them, (laughs) (laughs) cool. You tend to get a little power hungry <laughs> or you, you feel scattered or, and it's not to, it's not to put a label on them. It's, it's just more of a concern. It's just saying, so what are we going to do about it? And, and it's because I have a good, you know, I've built a good relationship with them. They, they are a staff member that have come back over a couple of years. So I should have a strong relationship. So I mm-hmm. can talk to them that way. And it, and it's, and it's like, and, and I, and I usually will, will point out things that I have to work on when I do sessions. Um, I can run on uh, on a, a single topic for way too long, so I have a timer at the back. These are things that are these are my tools mm-hmm. that I've developed over the years. What can I do to help you? Um, this is what I've noticed in the past, and and I want to make sure that you have the best session. But you're the right person for this, and this is the person that's going to help you do it. Um, but it's just really on an individual case. So if I know that somebody struggles with something, I let them know what I, I want to help them with, basically. Um, yeah, from the very beginning. But I also really believe. And I'm somebody that thrives on last-minute stuff, but I do believe that you should give people a long time to um, think about it and process because even if they're not planning it, it's it's exciting and mm-hmm. their their little brains are percolating and they might get some really great ideas um, going. So I like giving people a lot of time. Oh, cool, cool. So that's something that you said really um, made me think of you know how to light bulb. I think one big thing to watch out for is story time. 
uh, from the return mm. staff because yes, uh, and there's a couple of, of dangers with it, right? Um, it's the it's there's so many things actually. So <laughs> one of them is the like if they're telling stories about other staff members, what does that say about the trust that you're building with that staff community? Am I going to be the staff member that next year they tell a story about? I think that that's something mm-hmm. to point out, and because you can feel like oh. This is a really great story anecdote to really illustrate this point. But, you know, what is the harm on the community? You have to really weigh that and point that out because I think most people don't necessarily consider that. Um, It's also the, um, you know, oh, that was this really special thing that they had last year. We don't have that this year, you know. Mm So being mindful of how often stories are used because absolutely they can be very helpful. We are storytellers at camp in so many ways. Uh, but I think being cautious of having a session that's entirely stories, which we know can happen. I have sat through several emergency procedure sessions that all it was, was, well, this one time when something went really bad and then, and then it just gets scary. That's the third thing is it can be really overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, they had to deal with this and they had to deal with this. And how am I going to deal with all these things in one summer? Well, granted, that's probably the worst story that each person has from the last seven years of working at camp. So it's not necessarily the everyday stuff. Um, so just be really conscientious of stories and how they're used. And I think it's okay sometimes to, that can be a time to step in and say, you know, thank you for sharing that. We're going to move on with this information now because we have a lot to cover. Um, we can share some more stories later around dinner time or whatever. Um, I think also you can look out for apathy, uh, where mm. maybe you've assigned a staff member to cover a topic and they just don't seem to really be engaging in it. And it doesn't mean that they should be removed from that. I think a lot of times it's a signal of their discomfort or they're needing help and guidance and just not asking for it. Um, so I think if you see that from a staff member, um, or you're checking in with them, Hey, how's that session planning going? And and they don't really seem to be excited about it or speaking with a lot of enthusiasm, um, that that may be a sign to you that you need to check in further and dig a little further and see how, how that's going. And I think last, you know, if you need to recover something, uh, at some other point during, during training, do it, you know, it's okay to review, uh, because those reviews are really, really helpful because we get a lot of information. And I've definitely had sessions that I was like, this is going to be awesome. And the staff are really going to take away a lot from this. And then when I got my staff training evals back, people were saying, wait, what session was that? What did, when, did we, when did we do that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so it's totally okay to just review some of what's been going on. We've talked about lots of different ways to do that and implement that as part of your daily routine. Um, so I think that that's really key. And that's why we have now, as part of the show, Gab is going to recap for us. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to review um, what we talked about. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. I, now I need to get back to my, what we've spoke, spoken about. But, um, okay, so basically, um, bref, as we say in French, um, <laughs> Good way to get your staff engaged that are returning um, year after year. Um, div- divide them into different groups, sessions that they can go to, that they don't have to go to. Uh, make sure that you front load. Tell them their expectations. 
um, rotate your lessons from year to year, the type of uh, sessions that you're doing. Uh, check in with your re returning staff daily. I'm going to put a star beside that one because I think it's very important, bringing guest speakers. Um, if you want your staff to be successful in the sessions that they're leading, perhaps create a half step so maybe they can uh, be on a panel, role play, lead group discussions. Um, if they're leading a session, be specific. What do you want them to see, hear, feel? Uh, why do staff want to know this? How are they going to retain this information? And um, how can you make sure that they're going to convey the message right? Be ready and be present. Specific topics. Don't assume they know the information that you want them to teach. Be professional. Uh, make appearances. It's okay to make mistakes. Uh, lots of coaching. Provide feedback and practice what you preach. As well as watch out for... Um, making sure that you give them time as well as story time. If they don't <laughs> tell the stories that are going to freak your staff out, as well as make sure that their energy level is high and, uh, and, and talk to them about that. Um, that's basically it. That's our sum up for today. You're a great recapper, Gab. So good. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a lot of really good information. <laughs> Dense. <laughs> it's it's thick. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's okay to say this is really great information when it's our podcast, but I'm, I'm like this is genius. <laughs> I think we can own that. That's okay. <laughs> this is oh, brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. So we like it, but we want you all to like it as well. So we want you to get involved uh, with this podcast. So please join us on the hashtag camp code and tell us what topics you'd like to discuss, any guests that you'd recommend that we talk to, uh, any great leadership training tips that you might have to share. We'd love to hear from you. This industry is all about sharing. That's what makes it so unique and wonderful. And so next we want to tell you how you can get in touch with us. So let's start with Beth. You can find me at camphacker.tv. That's our website. You can reach me directly at beth at camphacker.tv, or you can also reach us on Twitter at camphacker. Um, you can find out where I work at waro, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com, or you can follow me on the Twitter bird, uh, Gabrielle Rail, at Gabrielle Rail. Cool. And uh, you can find me at greenriverpreserve.org. We just launched a new website here within the last couple months, so please check that out. Uh, I'm just ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. I'm also on Twitter at rubylin85. And Beth, now I'm really excited for you to tell us what <laughs> we have lined up for our next podcast. Our next podcast, we'll be talking about the importance of staff manuals. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> So our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership trainings, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using the hashtag camp code. And this week, Beth is going to be sharing one. So this best practice comes from Dr. Tim Elmore, whom I met and fell in love with at Tri-State. He was uh, the closing keynote this year. And not only is he really brilliant, but he's also incredibly personable. Uh, so he was really fun to listen to. Uh, but he's also a big fan of using acronyms. So I was really, really engaged. Um, so he taught us to put our training on ICE, I-C-E. So he talked about using images that lead to conversations that lead to experiences that could change lives. 
So he talked to us about having, for this particular generation of staff, having all of our training look like Facebook and not like TV. Um, And so the young staff that I was with at the conference from my old camp, they were about 19 to 25 years old. They loved this man. Um, They loved what he had to say, and it really resonated with them. So they were really excited already to use... um, what he had talked about in the sessions that they would be teaching at staff training. So he has a number of books called Habitudes, and I think there are four or five of them. And what he does is use specific images, almost Instagram images, to talk about a metaphor um, very briefly and sort of give them a snapshot of what that is and involve them in great discussion. So, for example, uh, one of my favorites was when he talked about staff Uh, whether they wanted to be floods this summer or rivers. So a flood, and he had pictures of them, um, would be like five miles wide and scattered all over the place and would be only about an inch deep. But a river would be really focused, really deep, and know exactly where it was going. So which did you want to be? Um, He talked about average leaders... uh, like chess, uh, like uh, checkers players. So they would sort of move staff around and staff could go anywhere they wanted to go or campers could go anywhere they wanted to go because they were all sort of um, not very individual. Whereas an excellent leader was more like a chess player um, and saw people for the different skills that they had and used them strategically to get to the right uh, goal. So these were these really short, brief little snapshots that spoke a lot and it really engaged this younger generation. I watched it happen. So I highly recommend Dr. Tim Elmore and his books, Habitudes. That's awesome. I cannot wait to use some of that and Mm -hmm. read more. (laughs) Sounds great. So thank you all so much for listening and please join us on the hashtag camp code. See you again next time. Please remember no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.